What's up? What's up? What is up? It's another Friday, another opportunity to get together and record the Ball Hog Sports Talk. You know, we in the building, we got the whole crew, so make sure you fasten up your seatbelt. Today's episode is going by the title of Behind Every Smile. And uh, there was a rapper once upon a time to talk about you can't trust a big butt and a smile this ain't that this is something completely different behind every smile there's a story we're going to talk about those stories and we're going to get into sports business entertainment we're going to do it the only way that we do it that's rough rugged and raw the whole crew is in the building so you better believe it's going to be exhilarating just in time for the holidays just in time to make you smile we're going to talk about behind every smile the story that is and it's going to come to you the only way we know how to do it, Ref Rugged and Raw. It's the Ballhawk Sports Talk in the building. Let's go. Wake up, wake up, wake up, and stay woke. Because this is the Ballhawk Sports Talk with your boy, B. Brown, ESQ, a.k.a. the Ballhawk. AKA the mouth of the South. This is the place where sports, business, and entertainment collide. And we're going to give it to you rough, rugged, and raw. So come get you a spoonful, like some grits with butter and salt. You know how we do it in the South, y'all. Make sure you do not get caught in your feelings. Strap on your seatbelt and enjoy the ride. Come on. Let's go, 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 In the building once again, a beautiful Friday morning, doing it the way we do. Everybody is celebrating these, these holiday parties and doing all that, but we still going to deliver this riveting, exhilarating, amazing content. The Ballhawk Sports Talk whole crew is in the building. We start from the other coast, not the other coast. We call it the Central Time. Middle coast. We call it Middle Coast. Middle Coast. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> got Lake Michigan. We got Lake. Yeah, the, like the Middle the West. West. Yeah. <laughs> we got Lake Michigan that makes us a coast. You know what I mean? Great Lakes. Uh, he is the man, the myth, the legend. Thou who shall be known as, recognized, and appreciated as the Big Flow Show is in the building. Man, what's good? What's good? I'm looking at snow outside my window, so I'm going to try to remain positive at all times, but I can't make any promises. All right, but you know, I, the fact that that because today's show is behind every smile, behind that smile is some cold weather, you know what I mean? But you still gonna bro, sort of like in front of the smile because the window's in front of me, but you know what? I, I digress, yeah. But y'all used to that in the what you call it, the middle coast, y'all used to that kind of weather, man. I wouldn't say used to it, we just deal with <laughs> middle it. earth, <laughs> middle <laughs> earth. That's what I feel like. Middle <laughs> winter is coming, we're in Winterfield. <laughs> um, Love it, love it, love it on the East Coast with me. And he is back donning something that represents a part of the world that he has an affinity towards. Uh, my man, ETP, though thou shall be known as Boston's legend. Uh, he always represents represent something being town. Today it's the Celtics. They are leading the NBA in terms of best record. So I can see that very well. ETP, what's up, my brother? Uh, I'm just happy it's not snowing, just raining. Don't have to shovel the rain, but uh, it's still cold as all. First snow hell. to rain, though. That rain sucks. You can't shovel it. It doesn't wait on you. Yeah, like snow does. yeah uh, it, I, 
I tried to be positive about the rain this morning, but rain and cold just don't go well together. So this is soup season. Get out the best soup. Make sure you stay warm. Uh, soup season? It's a soup season, man. I got to get on that. Soup season. <laughs> got to get you some soup. So let's <laughs> hop in, man, because today's uh, title, Behind Every Smile. Um, and everyone who has participated in the Ballhawk Sports Talk, you guys know how we take very seriously our titles. Uh but behind every smile, there's a story. And, you know, behind every title for us, there's a story. But but in life, right, we are going to see all of these holiday parties. I got to do one for my political uh, position last night for our town. And you're in a room and everyone is, 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 is consuming libations and they're listening to the holiday music. And, you know, they're exchanging gifts and... and, and uh, uh, recognizing one another and, and there are smiles galore. Well, the truth of the matter is, is throughout this season, throughout these parties, throughout these moments, we got to remember that there's a story behind every smile. And this week, um, we saw just how meaningful that statement could be. And so we'll start here and, and not to create a somber moment, but, but to make the point that the smile is just that. It doesn't tell the whole story. Um, if you would, ETP, let's go to our, 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 our video here, and then we'll hop on in. So it loops and and you know we we won't we won't show the loop itself, but the loop is recycling this video that looks like someone that is happy as they can be. Looks like someone with a smile on his face that is celebrating life. He's dancing, he's, he's enjoying himself. You, you see his wife, and I think they had, had recently celebrated an anniversary. You see nice. one of his two babies in there. I think he has a six-year-old and a three-year-old. In addition to uh, the, the wife had a previous daughter, so a bonus daughter that he adopted, 14-year-old daughter. Um, that does not look like someone that less than 48 hours is going to take their life. And I know that there are conspiracy theories out there that what really happened, and I'm, I'm not qualified to, to say what really happened, but if if I take the news as it was presented to us, the man featured in that video, DJ Twitch, um, who was the DJ for Ellen's show, he 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 was a uh, contestant on I think you can so you think you can dance and did very well. He's been a prominent figure in entertainment space, and because we deal with sports business entertainment here, how dare we not deal with this? But in a way that I think we can hopefully help someone else out. We've dealt with mental health here. We've talked about it in the sports context. Here is an entertainment figure with the biggest smile on his face, an entertainment figure dancing and seeing as though he is celebrating life to its fullest in a, in a time that 
we all are going to see a lot of other friends and family and, and colleagues celebrate life to the fullest of these respective holiday parties. And yet behind every smile, there's a story. Um, tragic story. Tragic that whatever he was dealing with, he felt as though the only solution was to take his life. But to me, humbly, I feel even more tragic that there are two young people, young, young, young babies, six-year-old, I think, a three-year-old, uh, and the 14-year-old, because you're not, you, you, that's still dad. At 14, you, you, you're not equipped for that level of, of grief. Um, so the bigger tragedy in me is that they are without dad, that a wife is without husband, that the uh, the world is, is without what everyone on all accounts has said is an amazing spirit and an amazing human being. But, but, but we, we lead there to help us make this point in this show that behind every smile, there's a story. Um, let's definitely take a moment of silence uh, for not only, you know, the life that was lost, but all of the people, the, the lives that have been, uh, forever change because of that moment that um we'll i'm sure we'll hear a lot about what he was dealing with and i i don't know if he had a therapist or i don't know how we're going to hear it but i'm sure we will hear it uh we also want to recognize uh, mike leach and, and paul silas mike leach the coach the legendary uh, college football coach uh had a massive heart attack and died this week paul silas uh, lost a, a, a battle with his colon cancer that he was dealing with. Um, Paul Silas was an amazing NBA coach and player. Um, so uh, for Paul Silas, for Mike Leach, and for DJ Twitch, and, and the family that is is, is is forever changed because of, of uh, what is being described and reported as suicide, let's take a moment of silence for all that have been impacted by the losses this week. And then let's hop in, man. Uh, again, I didn't want to start with a somber moment, but I feel as though that, that video is what this is about. Uh, I had a very good friend of mine who I don't know if he's watching, but hopefully he is. And I'm, I'm gonna try to send him the link as well. Very good friend of mine. Um, uh, just talked about, you know, he lost his father. Uh, he lost his father yesterday and, and sent us a text. And, and we just, in that exchange with, with very good, I'm talking about solid brothers, you know, all we, we, we did a pre-law program years ago in 2003 together. And we remained very good friends. There's four of us. We call ourselves the firm. Uh, and we were talking about mental health <clears throat> and how the uh, stigma of mental health in black communities, um, that we were all happy that we we're getting to a point where therapy is encouraged and we were we were encouraging therapy with amongst ourselves and so i just want to start the show there because behind every smile there is a story and that video it it makes the point that behind that smile i mean that, that every time you see it it makes you feel good if you didn't know the story that dj twitch indeed was the person in that video and that he was also the one that committed suicide this week. You feel good watching the video. But behind every smile, there's a story. Um, I know you guys have heard about the story. I know you, you you read, you know, some of the details of him going to a hotel and the wife reporting that 
he left the house with, with, without the car and that seemed odd but just in general when you when you, when you see this vibrant video this man being vibrant in the video with nothing but a smile on his face and then you have to reconcile that with the fact that that's the same man that took his life less than 48 hours how does it make you feel right what what, what comes to mind is men that we all have the propensity to smile with a very uh gleeful exterior knowing that we each have our own troubles our own pains our own obstacles to overcome our own our own uh, family situations um and this is asking all of us to be vulnerable but i think it's important for us to do it here in this space that is the ball hawk sports talk because we could encourage someone else to 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 uh deal more readily with their own issues so I asked both of you, what comes to mind when you see this video and reconcile it with what transpired this week with him taking his own life? Report it. I think seeing that video just kind of reminds me and hopefully reminds other people just how much you don't know about mental health and suicide. And we try to make sense out of a senseless act. You know, how could you do this? You got a wife. How could you do this? You've got three kids. How could you do this? You know, you're so successful and, and so loved by so many people. And, and you just look at that and, you know, you try to look into the picture when he's doing it, look into his face and say, is there like a hidden pain that you see? Nah, it looks like a dude who's just happy, life of the party type person. And I just let you realize that you don't know. So I think a lot of times, you know, when someone kills themselves, people close to him always want to say, you know, were there signs or whatever? And who knows what he's like when the video's not on. Maybe he's a totally manic, depressive type person that like is all the way on or all the way off. But I just think it, it gives me pause and realize that you don't know who you're dealing with. You don't know what people are dealing with. And as I get older and I deal with people um, in general, be it strangers or someone in my life, I try to be cognizant that you just don't really ever know what's going on with somebody. So if something does pop up, you know, kind of keep that in mind. But rest in peace to his family. Uh, young, a young man, uh, Caleb Kelly, um, that uh, played in the sports programs that I coached growing up. Dad was a Michigan man, played football in Michigan uh, right before my time from Bolenbrook High School, was found dead in his car two days ago, two or three days ago. Um, so I want to give a moment of silence for him, cause of death unknown. Um, but his family is definitely reeling in pain right now. And 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 I don't know, again, I don't know the circumstances around his death, but it really kind of doesn't matter when you, a young man in his 20s played football. I don't know the name of the college, um, a small NAI school engineering student. Um, it's just it's tough, man. So uh, no matter what kills somebody or what the cause of death is, it's it's painful. You know, when a young person dies, it's in the fruit of their life. It's it's more painful. But, you know, shout out to everybody. Absolutely, man. Definitely want to pay uh, respects to, to the young man's life. So much life in front of you. You think at 20 and, and even DJ Twitch at 40 years old. So much life in front of you. Uh, ETP, um, again, there's no nice way to set up the topic because at 40, you think, you know, so much more life in front of you. Uh, what comes to mind as you think of this man and, and as we set up the, you know, the rest of the show behind every smile, we'll, we'll start with DJ Twitch and that, and that tragedy. Uh, what say you as we move forward? Yeah, I just, I think the, every time, I mean, I've, I've dealt with, personally losing people to suicide i've dealt with you know seeing a lot of mental health issues i don't know i don't even pretend to speculate what 
was the the premise of of what happened i don't even i don't really know the true story i don't it sounds like there aren't all the details but i know that you know whenever whenever things like this happen you think about the idea that there's no real definition for universal success or happiness or peace and just being conscious that you know just taking care of yourself and being nice and kind to other people and you never know what other people are going through and hopefully everybody can you know find their you know find the way that they can find their peace and and their ability to find whatever they define as success because everybody looks at it and says oh they made this much money they had this family they had this whatever out external assets they might have had you know or relationships or what have you there's just no universal definition for it and we just always people are always shocked because there's this assumption that all of these indicators are going to determine or define for all of us what a a happy peaceful successful life is but it's it's all defined by everybody you know individually and obviously right. mental health is is managed in in the brain is a complex thing the the body you know human beings are individually complex so just be kind to each other and hopefully you know find what's what's going to help you get through the day and to the end of your days naturally facts facts um so let's get into some other topics man i i, I again I, I i echo each sentiment that both of you have shared and um i feel horrible for those young kids um, but I also feel horrible for the soul that was lost and whatever he was dealing with to feel as though that was the solution. Um, so let's hop into some other stories, man, because I did give a moment of silence to Mike Leach. I did give a moment of silence for Paul Silas. Um, and, you know, behind every smile when it comes to sport, business, and entertainment, uh, also have some, some, some relevance this week because you know, you've got these these players. Let's start with the NFL. You've got these players that seem immortal, right? They got, you know, uh, two guys that come to mind right away that are dealing with injuries this week, Kyler Murray and Debo Samuels. Kyler Murray seemed invincible at one point. And then he goes down on a non-contact injury, looks terrible. Debo Samuels, who was right to hold out for his money, the entire NFL was championing that we were championing for him to get paid. He finally gets paid and his, his knee and ankle get caught up in, in, in the wash, if you will. And it looked really bad. He got carted off. Uh, careers going great. And all of a sudden injury snatches them from the field. Kyler Murray, it looks like, and I think it's already been confirmed is that's an ACL. So we won't see him on the field for a while. You know, may, Odell Beckham Jr., right? His injury, he's still trying to get back. I know the Cowboys did bring him in. It has been rumored that the injury is not completely healed and that he very well might be sitting out the rest of this season trying to wait for free agency to get his opportunity. So if if, if the ACL is, is, is torn for Kyler Murray, who knows when he's going to get back. Debo Samuels, oddly enough, his injury looked for significantly worse than Kyler Murray's, which was a non-contact injury. But it's being reported that Debo Samuels is going to be back this week. Uh, excuse me, not this week, this season, during the regular season. So that's good news for them. His name is Debo. His name is Debo. <laughs> um, 
We have Lamar Jackson still out with PCL injury. Um, these injuries, man, the, the the behind every smile, like everything is going great, and then all of a sudden injury rears its ugly head. Of those three injuries, we I'm assuming the ACL is the worst, but when I hear Lamar Jackson having PCL injuries uh, or PCL pains and concerns and, and maybe having some, some uh, structural issues around his knee, Without a contract being signed, it just it concerns me. Uh, gotta get a better agent. Uh, don't be like they tell every lawyer. Don't represent yourself. Then maybe you need to tell every quarterback that. Don't represent yourself uh, because he 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 is at risk of losing a lot of money if indeed this injury is significant enough to take him off the field for a significant amount of time. Uh, behind every smile when it comes to these injuries, what do you guys think? Is this going to de- derail any of those three players uh, from achieving the success that we thought they would from a career standpoint? I mean, I think – I don't think it's going to derail I, – I don't know. I mean, we we just never know. You know, you have folks that come back from injury. I always think about whenever there's major, major injuries like Willis McGahee, I think well when he was at Ohio State, right? Like Miami or Miami, and, he, and, he, and his whole leg just folded in half, and he went on to have a great NFL career, right? Adrian Peterson, like all, you know, I think Adrian Peterson came back the same season almost. Yeah, he like, like broke his collarbone and was back like Wednesday or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like you just—it's just so hard. Again, you know, the human body—it's—it's it's just so unique. But I think, I mean, Kyler Murray. You know, it wasn't, you know, he's a quarterback, right? So I think he has the best. Debo Samuel, you know, he plays he plays a high impact position. Whether he's injured or not, the yeah, shelf life of like his Yeah, the shelf life of his career is is his days are relatively numbered by the statistics. So I think he's probably most at risk. You know, once you get that one injury, especially when you play those high impact positions, it can just, you know, create some additional problems. So he's obviously at risk. He would have been at risk if he didn't get injured. So that's the person that I see as the as the biggest factor. Uh, Big Flow Show, I go to you before we hop into some other news, man. What What do you think about the injury front? I I know the Bears are still playing football. Uh, that's what they hey, call hey, it. Hey, hey, we got Fields start. coming back this week. Fields coming back this week. Fields coming back this we, week. We we'll even mess up getting the first pick. We mess everything up. We'll figure <laughs> we'll figure out a way to to screw that up. Go ahead and win two games. Like good job, Bears. We can carry some momentum. But anyway, um. You know, I feel bad for uh, for uh, my man in, in, in Baltimore. You know what I mean? I, I just uh, – Lamar Jackson. I just – I hate to see him, like, not get his bread. And even when he comes back, I just kind of feel like that's less likely to get his bread because the way – the style of play that he that he, that he has and you get an injury like that makes me kind of like – I don't know. I mean, because the longer you wait to get the contract, theoretically, it's like, okay, that's one – this is one less season of shelf life that he has, right? that he's right. given up for cheap. So get paid for this season because you're not guaranteed them anymore. When you're in the pocket and you get the luxury of uh, being a touch football player like Tom Brady, <laughs> then you can play for a long time. But when you get right. out that pocket, we all know that the guys get out of the pocket, like, uh, you know, Kyler Murray or whatever, they don't get whistles like that. They don't get flags like that. They're running backs, basically. They get treated differently. So if I'm right. – a GM, and you see Kyler Murray just went down with a knee injury, non-contact, which, you you know, we could talk about, you know, was that a cumulative injury or something, whatever. But you're seeing Kyler Murray go down. Now you're looking at Lamar saying he runs more than Kyler. I don't know. 
you know, what, what comes under fire lately, the turf has been coming under fire. We thought that they, this new turf that we came out with the little pellets has been, you know, revolutionary for the last 10 years of football, 10, 15 years of football. And we thought we Man. figured out the, the Astro turf. And now people are starting to say, let's go back to grass. I wouldn't have got hurt on grass. I'm over here like, okay, my son plays on grass. Maybe I should be happy. Maybe that yeah. is a better situation. Um, it's so, a, it's more yeah. susceptible to the conditions. And, you know, it is interesting that, again, on this episode of Behind Every Smile, we thought we had found something revolutionary with that field turf and the pebbles. We thought that this was the, the perfect balance between the old AstroTurf at the risk of sounding very old. That's what we played on at Notre Dame. That stuff was deadly to knees. Mm-hmm. And grass being so susceptible to the conditions such that it made it tough to really play on grass in uh, places like what you call yourself, the mid coast, uh, places that <laughs> were cold. The, uh, Middle coast. But, <laughs> but we really thought that this field turf was was it, and now we see that the NFL is 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 tearing all of it up and putting natural grass back. Uh, I, we shall see, man. I, Have I, they done I, that in a lot of stadiums? Taking the, the field turf up, I think they're doing it currently. The NFL is is pushing for stadiums uh, and and franchises to 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 yeah to put natural grass back because it is now proven that you know again behind every smile there's a story. The story is is that field turf wasn't as good to the body as we thought it would be. And the Chicago Bears are going to get that. They're going to get that field turf the second everyone tears, tears their uh, their turf up. We'll finally get it. We have grass, so. <laughs> Anyway, you know, guys, let me let me take this over real quick and say something, man. We got to get this into a positive spin. We have a a newly crowned national champion in front of us, Coach Coach. Uh, I don't know what you go yourself by, Coach B Brown. Oh, I'm and, Coach uh, Bobby, man. Oh yeah, Coach Thank Bobby, you, my brother. Yeah, Coach yeah, Bobby hey, on hey, Saturday, yeah. little Deuce come through, brought home the championship. Let's not take away from that. Yes, um, I know that's yes, a special indeed. moment having won two myself. Myself. Yes, I like it. Um, that means I'm one behind there. If you yeah, got two, whatever, you, you know. I want to be as a coach. You, you're right there with me because I, I was a spectator for the second one. But I do know that's a special moment you'll never forget. Yeah, nah, the world will forget it. No one will care in a couple of weeks. But you'll never forget the time with your son when he gets to hoist that trophy, and go on that stage. Yeah. So, hey, a round of applause. Thank you, brother. Thank when, you. Was thank it eleven? You, eleven, you. It was eleven. You. But I say this: it does work well with this particular. uh episode because behind every smile you see the smiles and us having a good old time in order to get to that point and i know it's just youth football but you deal with a lot parents are never happy uh there are are, you know in our case seven adult men that have to sacrifice their time and volunteer to have their own personalities uh you know decisions that are made within the game. So even, even when it comes to that, and I really appreciate the shout out, man, because it was, it was an amazing, amazing feeling. I had to get on the road immediately to get back to uh, catch a flight, get back before a lot or catch a flight. Uh, but even then, man, it, it, it puts in perspective that behind every smile, there is a story. And so uh, I'm happy that our stories ended with a championship and something that I will never, ever, ever forget. My younger son, they didn't win the championship, but they were down there and they got fourth overall. Uh, but all in, man, it was a phenomenal experience that I will never, ever forget. So uh, one of these days, uh, these pictures, my sons will be looking looking at these pictures when I'm long gone and dead. They'll be looking at these pictures, hopefully remembering all the fun that we had. So I appreciate the shout out. Uh, 
that helps us get to the next topic, man, which is Jackson State. Because Jackson State has been smiling big lately. Jackson State has been riding the wave. They have been on top of all of the college football tickers. They have been in the mix of company where most HBCUs would not be in that mix when it comes to conversations. You know, they have been, look, Jackson State hosted college game day. But behind every smile, there's a story, and that story has now changed. There's a new man. There's a new sheriff in town. Uh, He goes by the name of T.C. Taylor. We had to look up Coach T.C. Taylor. You never had to look up Coach Prime. You could tell stuff. You could tell me stuff about Coach Prime off the cuff. You can't tell me stuff about T.C. Taylor, but T.C. Taylor is indeed the person that uh, Coach Prime had advocated on behalf of and that I think the succession plan called to be at the helm. So shout out to Coach T.C. Taylor, who will be the successor to Coach Prime at Jackson State. There's a new sheriff in town when it comes to Jackson State football. I don't know what this means because – He's taking, he being prime, Coach Prime is taking some players with him. But but I do see that 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 I, I, I think another big time prospect decided to go to Jackson State to stay true to his uh commitment. So what do you think this means? Behind every smile, the story that has been just uh, making us all bubbly when it comes to HBCU football, when it comes to Jackson State and its prominence and its ability to build a program and attract and retain great talent for and 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 i don't think they well they you know they did have a five star i'm pretty sure he's leaving what does this mean what is the story behind this smile how does this story end when it comes to jackson state does tc taylor get the baton and continue the momentum that is jackson state or is uh coach prime's departure does it create irreparable damage to jackson state's momentum as it pertains to college football i'll start with you on this one and, and we talked about what, what the significance of, of Coach Prime will be, his legacy. We talked about that last week. And, and how will he be remembered? In Remembering My Dog episode, shout out to that one. Make sure you, you go and check that one out too. But in this episode of Behind Every Smile, what does it mean for Jackson State now that T.C. Taylor is at the helm? I'll start with you on that one, ETP. What do you got? Well, I think the biggest thing that I like to see with this is that it's – quote-unquote homegrown talent tc taylor was you know an elite quarterback for the you know in receiver for the team about 20 years ago so it's good to just see somebody that came up through the ranks and played for the team and so is he swat does he get does he get swat doesn't he he is swat he is as swack as you could possibly be. So I, I like that, right? The the idea of, you know, bringing up, giving an opportunity to somebody that worked up the ranks, like that's great. I don't know. I mean, there's nobody that can take, fill the shoes of a Deion Sanders in terms of a marketing engine and mouthpiece and figurehead and just really being a firebrand of a, of a personality to help forward the progress of your of your organization or of your program so i think people are gonna have people have high expectations but that being said you know the band is the band is very famous they're they're swag champions hopefully they can just continue their their football success and as long as that happens then i think that you know the the fan base and the school will be happy with the progress it's just not going to be as flashy and as newsworthy as it has been in the past, it'll probably be just be pretty quiet, but 
He is a former receiver, so you know they like to talk. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that. We do like to talk, and uh, that means he going to look so pretty doing whatever he do, baby. We just so pretty. <laughs> uh, Big Flow Show, I send it to you, and I ask this because there is this video going around that suggests that the Jackson State fans sort of took a shot at Dion in the last game when the rumors were beyond just rumor level. Uh, they were they had grown into a roar that indeed uh, Dion was considering another opportunity. There was a song played at the game that it's the new song where they step and they they talk about it's a funny song, but but part of the hook says one monkey don't stop no show, and this video has been circulated basically suggesting that the fans were taking a dig at Dion, knowing that Dion was leaving. Uh, uh, buying into this concept that indeed he's not swack we have seen over the last several days since Dion has made the announcement there has been a lot of banter there have been people that have, have really thrown Dion under the bus in the sense that said he's just selfish and so behind every smile this beautiful story is a sort a sub story a subplot and if indeed the, the, the fans were kind of aiming that that refrain of the hook one monkey don't stop no show at Dion there's a story behind that story. There's a story behind the smile. There's a story behind all of the elation that was Jackson State and all of the fanfare that came with it. So I turn to you and ask, where does that story go? And do the fans have a right to, if indeed the video that is circulating is, it was, was meant to be aimed at Dion, do they have some just cause for their ire directed at Dion? You know, first of all, you know, I, I've taken some swipes to Dion for for part of this, just trying to uh, swipes meaning my I give him my true and honest, unbiased opinion as far as this is concerned. Uh, but I want to give him because I don't want to say that like I'm not on the hate Dion show. He does what he wants to do, but I just wanted to call it like I saw it. But I will say that I, I have to give some credit where it's due. Someone had posted um, one of our my good adversaries that I found for you, Paul McDonough, posted a. a, a image mean whatever you want to call it this week about the economic impact that uh that prime has so 30 million dollars for the city of jackson mississippi nine million dollars for jc homecoming four million dollars for the boombox classic that he's done um espn deal with the swac 120 million over 10 years i feel like it's kind of cheap but that's 120 million they didn't have before he got there um 125 games aired through uh 2022 which i didn't notice that many games that's that's a lot of games i guess it must be regional on how they're playing them because that's a lot of games more than likely regional yeah um and then having game day be there so i want to give him credit for that uh, i want to give him credit for being part of the announcing of tc as the coaching and 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 doing giving that same energy as people like to say to passing the torch as he has as he gave to giving getting the torch and him leaving so i want to give him credit for that i want to give jackson state uh athletic director credit for how he's handled this and uh, been gracious with Dion departing and making it feel like this was the start of something and not feeling like what was us for him leaving and then promoting this coach and putting that same energy out there. Um, I like the energy coming from the uh, the student body alumni fan base saying we don't need Dion to good good. That's this this is the best possible case scenario that they can have to have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder towards Dion. And saying we can make this thing go on, this show's going on. It's not about Dion because the other attitude could be like, "What are we going to do now that he left? We're dead." So I hope that they have that same energy 
when they had with Dion, they keep that same energy this season, next season, whatever. And then the Dion Sanders project or whatever you want to call it will continue. It may, it may flatline a little bit, but it can continue, but it's, it's, it's all in the hands of the fans. If people keep showing up, if that 60,000 stadium fills up to spite Dion and shows Dion, we ain't need you. That's the best thing that could happen. The yeah. wins and losses, obviously, hopefully they can win this week and hopefully they can keep winning it next season. And this, this coach is successful. If he is, if he is able to hold on to a couple of these recruits and he does get a couple more people there because they're still on the map, um, even if they're not 12 and 0 and whatever champion, but if they're just a winning team, I don't know what record they had before Dion got there. Um, I think this is a good thing. So I, I'm, I'm kind of happy, pleasantly surprised with kind of the way that this transition is starting to look. Again, it's still early, but you have the fan base and you have excitement around the coach. And I, I just think that's a great thing. Uh, well said, man. I, we, we shall see. I, I know Jackson State uh, is playing in the Celebration Bowl this week. That will be Dion's last game as the head coach, and he said that anything he starts, he wants to finish. There are there are coaches out there that probably would have opted not to coach uh, because they have stayed in house and hiring TC Taylor. I think it made it a little easier for that to transpire. Um, and, and I'll just end here because it just I think it, it it's perfect that the last game will be the Celebration Bowl because it felt like his tenure there was sort of a celebration. Uh, yes, some of it was 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 uh, Dion celebrating Dion, but that's what Coach Prime is. He's a self-promoter. But more important, I thought that there was a celebration about how an HBCU education, an HBCU opportunity at Jackson State to play football was on par with other opportunities and other options out there. Even deeper, I thought it was a celebration of black folk just – being proud that uh, we could have something that the, the white man's ice wasn't colder. And so uh, focusing more on the celebration part of it in this celebration bowl behind every smile, behind every celebration is indeed a story. And I don't know, I think time will tell what the story will be. It will be dependent on how TC Taylor and the new coaching staff takes the baton and goes forth. But I put I agree with you that a lot of this is going to fall on the same people that have been a part of that celebration, the community that has has gone to the game, the, that has gone to the to to, to the, the the homecomings. Uh, people like uh, Charles Barkley, because now Charles Barkley, now that his friend Dion is leaving, has committed one million dollars to Jackson State, and uh, I don't agree with him much. What's what's the uh, guy's name? The media Charles. person who I don't agree with a lot, the black dude. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I mean. Uh... Stephen A. Stephen A. Smith. No, not Stephen A. The heavy set <laughs> dude went to Ball State. Oh, that cat. Uh, with what's the his new name? hair? Newly found hair. Newly found hair. He wears the hat. Why can't I think of his name? Anyway, Whitlock. Me. Whitlock. Whitlock. Jason, Jason Whitlock. Whitlock. I actually agree with Jason Whitlock, and he said that a lot of those who are pointing the finger at Dion and saying he's wrong for leaving had an opportunity to give money, and none of them did. Right, and so uh, I like that that Charles Barkley uh, responded to that by writing a check. And so time will tell what the real story is behind this smile, behind the celebration that has been the experience of Coach Prime at Jackson State. Uh, but it starts this week with, with sort of a commencement. When you close one door, uh, Dion being the door being closed there in the celebration bowl of him being at Jackson State, you open another. And that next door is the new head coach at Jackson State that Dion was a part of announcing that the, the, the young men seem elated about 
uh, good luck to Coach T.C. Taylor, and I hope that he is a a a a, uh, a big part of how the story is written going forward. Uh, so we'll leave it there. Uh, we talked about my man Debo Samuels getting hurt, and it connects us to the next story because uh, and and same with T.C. Taylor. If you think of when it comes to T.C. Taylor, uh, you got to look him up and try to dig a little deep to figure out his story. Uh, to even find a Wikipedia page, it takes some. It takes some doing to do that, and he's following up a man who uh, needs no introduction to Coach Prime. One might even say that if you compare the two, one seems, dare I say, irrelevant, and it connects us to the next topic because Mister Irrelevant, uh, the designation that has been given to the person that is drafted in the last pick of the NFL draft, uh, this has been a term coined for several years, at least. 15, 20 years, Mr. Irrelevant. And that person gets to then go to Disney World. And there's a big fanfare about Mr. Irrelevant. And uh, I hope that somehow, some way through their uh, branding agency, the current Mr. Irrelevant, which is just the latest person who was drafted last, is Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy is now the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. Brock Purdy is now 2-0 as a starter. His first start was against the GOAT, Tom Brady. Tom Brady had never lost to a first-time starter. That has now been changed by way of Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy was given the keys to the 49ers team that has been coined as maybe a favorite going in to the on the NFC side. And Brock Purdy has been trusted and is now 2-0. Brock Purdy won last night in Thursday Night Football against Seattle against another quarterback that's had a resurgent year, Geno uh, Smith. But Brock Purdy uh, did okay last night, 17 for 26 for 217, two TDs, both to the tight end. I think the shout-out also goes to the coaching staff. They have not made him do too much. They have kept it basic. They have kept it, it just simple. His two touchdowns went both to George Kittle to the tight end, the last one being the game-changer was two fake screens and then uh, uh, basically a, a seam route to – uh, or you might even call it delay, tight end delay to George Kittles. They've kept it simple. Brock Purdy, behind every smile, there's a story, and I like Brock Pur- Purdy's story. Do I think it is the story of all stories this year? No. I think we should be talking about somebody else, the one that plays in Philadelphia that's 12-1 and right now. But it is a big story. And so uh, do you think Mr. Irrelevant can – own his relevancy and take this 49ers team to the Super Bowl because they had a chance to sign uh Baker Mayfield. They 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 have been they have how did been, they resist? I'm just saying 49ers fans. I'm saying, just saying the yeah, guy with two eyes. Baker Mayfield too. But he's a veteran. He was he just a had a game winning 98 yard drive. He's back, he's the, baby. He's the exact opposite extreme when it comes to the experts and what they thought of him as a prospect going into the draft. One was the first pick of the NFL draft in round one. One was the last pick of the NFL draft in round seven. So they're exact opposite extremes. And the 49ers said, thank you, but no thank you. They've, they've, they're going to stay with Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy. Do we think this experiment gets them a Super Bowl? Maybe if not a Super Bowl. For the record, they, Jamarcus Russell was available as well. And they didn't pick him <laughs> up for the record. So I'm fair, just saying fair. Fair. Um, I don't think that they go to the Super Bowl with this. No, I don't think so. No, don't. you think this Mr. Irrelevant thing is 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 just 
it, it's I mean, good to talk guy, about now, but he can't the win. The guy it. in Philadelphia uh, has something to say about them going to the Super Bowl. I believe they're on the same side of the uh, NFC, AFC bracket. So I don't really think see them doing that. So Brock Purdy's going to have a nice little run. He'll do all right. Anyone who gets in the NFL late in the season that has talent, I think, you know, from my fantasy football days, those are the hot hands. They start doing running backs, receivers. We see those guys come on late because the NFL, NFL is a preparation league, right? You come in there, they know who you are. They're ready for all your strengths and weaknesses. That's why a lot of rookies do well, and then they have a sophomore slump. So I think Purdy's coming in there. People don't really quite know what to expect. They haven't scouted him well. He'll have right. a few weeks of success. But when you get to playoff football, he's the one that's going to need to prepare, and they're going to uh, let him remind him that he's Mr. He missed irrelevant. But All I right, think, hold on. This I mean, just it, in. Hold on. Hold on. ETP. Hold that thought. This just in. This just in. Breaking news. Breaking news disclosed here nationally and internationally. And, and hopefully somebody from Mars is watching. Out of, out of the planet type breaking news. The illustrious St. Thomas Aquinas of the greater Fort Lauderdale, Florida area has yet won another state championship that makes four years in a row 14 total you know what i mean and another one as dj Khaled would say so etp what so you got going looking, this weekend huh you got stuff say, <laughs> oh my fault this is we just talking we just yeah. <laughs> blurting out randoms let's just hey, see it somebody posted it we got to respond to our audience hey. somebody posted it so i wanted to make butler, sure I, nick, broke, broke I don't know if it's nick news. butler butler nick what's going on man but you don't have My anything else to do nick. this morning but come here uh, and, yeah nick and trolling our show huh? he, he, he's the man he so two of his kids are running uh college track one at georgia and one at florida state um but and he went to ely but he did bring me this breaking news, and I share it with you just so I can say this. Behind every smile, right, there are stories. And I love my St. Thomas Aquinas. I really do. I did I send the coach a good luck message going into the game yesterday. But uh, they one, on, one of these on a, days, we're going to have an exhaustive conversation about St. Thomas and what it took to get to that point of dominance. But that's for another show. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. They want to stay championship on a Thursday? On a Thursday night. I thought that was odd, too. But I guess they, they probably have so many games, uh, the different state championship games. What used to be 7A is now called 3M is, I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah. We do Friday, Saturday. Saturday after Thanksgiving in Illinois. Yeah. So in Florida, they can do a little later because it's not as cold in the as the mid-coast. What you call that? Middle coast. <laughs> Middle coast. Uh, so, yeah, uh, they just had their state championship, and I'm sure that there are other teams playing tonight. But shout out to St. Thomas, man. You know what I mean? Shout out to St. Thomas. Recognize, baby. Raiders, Raiders pride. Pride on three. All right. Back in Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, and whether or not they could take this train all the way through the Super Bowl. Uh, ETP, I'll throw it back to you now that our breaking news has been broken. <laughs> uh how do you follow that up, E? Yeah, I don't I don't know. Um <laughs> Speak the, so yeah, I think it's a good situation for him to be it's, it's set up in the best way possible. They just clinched the division yesterday, so it's lower pressure football for the next few weeks. Not that there's no pressure, but they're going to the playoffs. They've already clinched the division, so he can start to you know ramp up and kind of take you know take on the, the helm with a little bit less pressure of wins losses. But at the end of the day, there's gonna you know going into the playoffs, there's gonna be more film like like right like big flow said so 
it comes down to what what he's going to be able to show up. It's not the first time, you know, rookies have rookies have won the Super Bowl, rookies have gone deep in the playoffs. It's not out of the question. It's just a matter of, you know, does he have that X factor of the ice the ice water running through the veins? It was it was fun to watch last week because uh while we have coined him because of the draft slot, Mr. Irrelevant, he wasn't that far off in terms of overall draft slots from Tom Brady. Tom Brady reached in, and I'm not putting. Is that what we're doing? Brock, Is that no, what we're I, doing? No, let me qualify this. I'm not putting Brock Purdy <laughs> on a path towards wow. becoming Tom Brady. But what I'm saying is, is that when you get to a point where you have an opportunity, you make the most of the opportunity, and you're consistent, right? No one thought Tom Brady's story was going to be Tom Brady's story when he was drafted in the sixth round and he took over for Drew Bledsoe because of injury. Like that's all I'm saying. And so it's interesting to watch Brock Purdy, who I liked watching in college at, at Iowa State. I thought he was a good a good quarterback, but I think this uh, the, the whole the whole situation of him getting an opportunity and making the most of it is just you know it it it, it does capture the essence of what we're talking about here. Is behind every smile there's a story, and his story is a pretty powerful story. So I find myself becoming a fan of this Brock Purdy guy. Uh, he, I think, gives some optimism to all of these youth football players across the country because he's pretty You too can size. be irrelevant. You too can be Mr. Irrelevant, but he's not <laughs> a big quarterback. You look at him, he's like, yo, that dude's small. And he is, he, he's, he's, you know, he's the, he's the quarterback of uh, yeah, but uh, NFC powerhouse right now. But in that situation, I mean, it's the same. You talk, you talk, you talk about Brady as a rookie, Ben Roethlisberger as a rookie. Powerhouse defenses. The 49ers have the best defense in the league right now, fair, statistically. Fair. So all he has to do is not lose the game in most Just situations. Yeah. Fair. Uh, what's up? My man Mike Zarn says, wow, over 5,000 people in attendance. Man, football is just different in Florida. 5,000 people watching a high school game? Oh, Zarn, don't Thursday? encourage this man, please. Wow. wow. That is pretty impressive, though. Over 5,000 on a Thursday night? That's pretty impressive. That's impressive. Anyway, I digress. Let's hop into some more, man, because... Let's uh, get some it, more it, fun for Florida fun facts. Swap meets closed on Thursday, so we have extra... <laughs> Just go mad at me. Hey man, somebody was there. Just man, add, at, we appreciate your support, people, but please don't encourage him. Yeah. <laughs> uh uh, you know, hey man, you can't spell states without STA, baby. Yeah, can't spell it. We set the standard. Um, but back back to the ball hawk sports talk. So I did want to talk about Heisman, man, because we're talking about behind every smile, and behind every smile, there is a story, but I'm looking at the Heisman finalists, and I'm like. I got to make sure I don't sound like a hater because the dude's a Heisman winner, right? I, I never won a Heisman. I didn't. And it wasn't even close. Never considered. Yeah. No, not yet. I'm still I'm still out there. <laughs> it's still possible. Got a year if my son wins one, I won one too. That's how I'm going now. But but my, my but, but, but I just, I have to risk of sounding like a hater, man. I'm watching it like, don't none of these dudes deserve to be there. Like Caleb Williams won by default. And even as I'm describing it in the description today, I put there's a new roommate in the Heisman house, but I feel like he needs to be up in the, the attic. He, needs to pay like more he rent. doesn't get a real room. Am I am I wrong? Did this feel anticlimactic that this particular Heisman trophy felt as though it was like musical chairs and it was just the last person standing when or sitting in that case in the music? It, it didn't feel as though 
there was, and I know, I know Caleb Williams struck the Heisman pose, and because he played rivalry week and had a game against Notre Dame, it was dubbed as his Heisman moment. But I also saw him the following week against Utah. And I just, I don't know, man. I, I, I Again, at the risk of sounding like a hater, I'm a Notre Dame man and a USC guy winning a Heisman just didn't sit right with me, even if he, if he deserved it, cool. I would never question whether or not Reggie Bush deserved his Heisman. He deserved his Heisman. Him but sweet. this felt different to me. And am, am I tripping? You're not tripping. I think it just like Ohio State and TCU limped into the playoffs. He's he limped literally and figuratively. He limped into the Heisman, right? He hurt his leg and didn't have a great game. And he kind of limped in. They're like, all right, we got to give it to somebody. But he looked real good last week. That's the same thing that TCU and Ohio State did. They limped in. I think if um if uh Blake Corum doesn't get hurt, he wins the Heisman. You know, if he gets hurt one week later. He wins the Heisman, but since which he is missed, saying it's saying a lot because I don't remember the last time we even thought of of, of running back. Maybe the Nick Saban days. I, running backs, I've seen a little. Did Derrick Henry of, win the Heisman? Say again. Did Derrick Henry, Henry win the Heisman? Yes. Yeah. So he won. Yeah. So that's the last running back, probably right. Uh yeah. Before him, what was the other? Mark Ingram won, I think, right? From Bama, but there was no other ones. Whatever. Yeah. We're probably, we're probably so wrong. It seems but, like um, a different era, though, yeah, when, when running backs era. were winning Heisman. Winning Heisman. Like- so, Blake Horn would have had it, you know, a playoff team going whatever. I think uh, I think Caleb said it best. He's like, I won the Heisman, but the rest of you three are going to the playoffs. And they were all looked at each other like, true, true. So, it is weird to, to the team that disappointed at the end and under his watch, you know, they, it makes it even worse. Like, they lost the game under your watch that could have got right. you in the playoffs, and you lost the playoff opportunity – but here's the Heisman anyway. It just doesn't seem poetic enough for me. It doesn't. Uh, I, 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 but again, man, I feel like I hate her even saying it. The dude got a Heisman. He won a Heisman. And it has to go to someone. But I felt as though the Heisman committee this particular year could have been like, you know what? We decided not to give a Heisman this year. We're going to give out two next year. We're going <laughs> <laughs> to all over Heisman. <laughs> the trophy's going to be twice as big next year. You wait, you come back. I'll be ready for you. Uh, am, am I am I tripping? And and, and, and maybe 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 um, you know, maybe may, I don't know. ETP, what do you say, man? Because I do feel like a hater even saying that. But yeah. he won it's a Heisman. Just, yeah, it's just also weird. Did I say right? that wrong. Like, Mike Mark Ingram did not win a Heisman. Sorry, Derek. Henry is there? I don't know the the history of it, but do you no, know anybody off off offhand that won as a freshman? that has won a Heisman. I just, I just find it weird to be the first, even if you're not a freshman to have transferred and then it's your first year with your team. Just we, like that. This Baker new Mayfield paradigm and, shift and is weird. Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray both did that. Transferred. Yeah. Heisman. From, I think we're reaching for stats today. Sometimes we need to do a little more research. Before we fix no, I just find, I just find that generally strange that you can just walk into a new team. I mean, it's probably going to become more normal. I, I wasn't saying that it was, never happened i was just curious how commonly it did happen if now because with the transfer portal we're just going to see a lot of like first year players with their teams winning the heisman that's going to be well, more the standard totally switching topic well not switching topic taking with that is when um what's my what's the guy's name at uh the Bengals that play for lsu burrow 
when Joe, Joe Burrow ooh, won the Heisman, three of the la- three of the fi- the four finalists, Joe Burrow, uh, heard um, and um, and uh, Justin Fields, all were transfers. <laughs> they all had to transfer to play, and they all went to one. They all finalists for the Heisman. I thought that was very interesting when that happened, but with the way the transfer portal is, it's just like free agency. I guess we need to see if there's ever been an MVP that just got traded for and becomes an MVP in the NFL afterwards. But the portal is so fluid. You're picking your situation so much better than the one that you left. It's probably less surprising if you look at it that way, that you've just, you know, as opposed to getting lucky and joining a recruiting class and a team that needed your help and winning the job, you were like, "Mm, I'm really good. Who is one quarterback away from a championship? You. I'm coming. Let's go. So... It, that's what it makes it feel like free agency, right? Behind every smile, there's a story. There's a story, but you know that they left the situation. And even Caleb Williams, you know, he displaced a quarterback in his previous institution at Oklahoma, right? He literally like say again, who's in the portal again? He's in the the, the, pre, the what's the quarterback's name? The, kid the one they went Oklahoma? to South Carolina. The uh, the albino dude, he went to. Um, I don't think he's albino, but he's not. I don't think I'm he's sorry. albino. I, he's no a light skin brother to albinisms, but al- guys are <laughs> albino. <laughs> uh, are we lying? Yeah, you know, and like you just oh, keep digging. We call that man albino. Like, we lie. I'm sorry. Hold on, this no this hole's not deep enough. No everybody, I apologize to everybody. I just so we make this hole a little deep. Earlier here in Chicago than it is in East Coast. I'm sleep. No less. disrespect. No disrespect. Does. But he, yeah, he's in the portal. I don't know. I wonder if he's gonna play against Notre Dame. My bad, man. Sometimes I just what you, what you say. Nothing. I wasn't saying nothing. I was just letting you go. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. You're on the road. You're on fire. Surrender my time back to the man from the middle coast. Yeah. So anyway, what is his name? The man who is not albino. What is what I don't even remember his name. How quick things are with this transfer portal. He got displaced by Caleb Williams. But he went to South Carolina, balled at South Carolina in the last couple games, some SEC games, and now he's the poor Spencer Rattler, I think is his name. Spencer Rattler, there you go. And he's so I wonder if he's not going to play against Notre Dame in the ball game. I don't know. Great question. Great question. But South Carolina is the 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 proud producer of another big bowl game because they have both uh, Tennessee and. Uh, Clemson playing each other off of, of, of horrible losses. Both of them could have been in the college football playoffs, but South Carolina played uncle to both of them and figured out a way to become bowl eligible. So South Carolina is no slouch. Notre Dame is going to have to definitely step up and, and do something uh, big in order to beat South Carolina. And they're going to have to do so without Michael Mayer. No one's surprised. He opted out. He opted out. He has opted into the NFL. <laughs> And for he's foregoing the rest of his eligibility, but also in doing so, he had announced that he will not be playing in the bowl game, the Gator Bowl. So, and I'm not mad at him, no, right? Because even. like uh, the Jalen Smith thing, that's just what I mean. It you got you got to acknowledge that this, this, when you do the risk reward assessment, Michael Mayer, and there's going to be other players that's going to also become a norm. We talk about the transfer portal, but anybody that is expecting to hear their name called on the first day probably won't play in the bowl game, any bowl game outside the college football playoffs. And so, by Bama has like 10 or 11 people that opted out. Say again, 
Bama has like 10 people, I think, that opted out. I think that's what happens. And, and I think the, the, the beneficiary of expanding the college football playoffs will also be more players not making that choice because there's still a lot at stake that you're playing for, that you'll take the risk. But you ain't taking no risk for no Gator Bowl. And you are unquestionably going to be the first tight end taken off the board. And so we say it in this extreme situation, but I think our fans of all these college programs have to understand that, that the window is just so limited for you to make that type of money. You can't be mad at them. And I think the NFL decision makers have shown that they don't hold that against them. That's not like a red flag that a, a guy's not going to go out there and compete with his teammates because of the risk inherent in playing a game that he's trying to avoid uh, in a bowl game and chooses the money over the, the commitment to the team. And so the NFL is not going to hold it against you as fans. We can't hold it against you. So yeah, Michael Mayer's not going to be playing that. The NFL is happy that you, you, you don't put the extra miles on yourself. They're about to invest a lot of money in you. Yeah, they are. They are. Let's hop into some uh, World Cup, man. Uh, normally, when we talk about Heisman, we could stay on that for an entire show. So if nothing else, the fact that we got through that topic in about six minutes just shows how anticlimactic the Heisman <laughs> Trophy award was this year. But uh, the hater in me, let me put that aside and say congratulations to the new roommate in the Heisman house, Caleb Williams. Uh, World Cup, man, because the whole world is now down to two. Uh, they are going to play the third place game. Uh, but the championship will be played on Sunday. Argentina against France is the finale. Uh, Ronaldo will not be in it, but Messi will be in it, playing for Argentina. His last hurrah. Um, you know, I was cheering for Morocco. I wanted to see an African nation in the final. That didn't happen, but I, I have gone to bars. Most times, by accident, trying to just grab a beer, waiting on somebody, waiting on a meeting. But I've gone to bars throughout this World Cup, and and I gotta admit, man, that World Cup elicits a different type of fanfare than most other sports. And the fact that it's taken over so many weeks for this to come to fruition, the fact that in any country, like the game, like the Super Bowl is cool, but it's in one city. The World Cup takes over an entire country and they're played throughout different parts of a country and, and you know, different stadiums built and different local economies being impacted by the World Cup. And you think about the number of bars across the world that have been electrified while people get together and watch these games. And while I won't ever say I'm a true fan of soccer, I posted something on my social media of them just the, the whole the whole flopping just I can't I, I, something wrong with that for me. But I gotta say that, that this World Cup has been electrifying enough that it is it, it is it has drawn me in, and I'm looking forward to Sunday. Anything World Cup related, you guys? What has been the highlight of the World Cup for you? Uh, any surprises? Like for me, I'm surprised that I am drawn in so much to the World Cup. Well, this World Cup experience has been great. We're down to two uh, for the finale on Sunday. Uh, I'll start with you on an ETP. You are a resident soccer expert. So what does this World Cup mean? Uh, you know, he likes to kick things barefoot in the street. <laughs> we need we need better residents. <laughs> we need better residents in this house. Um, no, I'm I'm just surprised. I was I was looking forward to seeing Brazil do some damage. I was, I was surprised to see them go out early. Um, surprised to see Ronaldo get benched after uh, scoring for the first 
you know, the first man to score five in five different World Cups and then ride the bench. So I'm sure whoever scores go so Mbappe from France, he's probably gonna play in five World Cups. He's 23 years old, he's on pace to have the most goals in history, probably by the next World Cup. Uh, but he probably won't get benched, so he'll be a new stat in uh, in two or three World Cups from now. But it's it'll be interesting because France already has, I think, five of their main players were didn't make the trip because they were injured originally for the World Cup, and now there's something. As much as we joke about it, I guess there's now a camel flu going around in the on the team, and so they've got three players out, and uh, hopefully it's not uh, a worldwide. <laughs> A worldwide pandemic but they, they're dealing like with some, some injuries and some illnesses that sounds like something that you you're gonna have to issue a statement and separate yourself <laughs> from later the camel flu i mean come on man <laughs> Who's, who named it the camel flu that's what i these different media outlets they call it the camel flu it just sounds like the flu that you got somewhere where there might be camels i assume it's just a cold <laughs> i would agree uh <laughs> Big flow show, man. I, I, I know that uh, you have been inundated naturally and rightfully so with college football over the last several weeks as, as your son's team is, you know, uh, finished their season. They like to call it chilling. They, they're chilling <laughs> now. But but now that you've had more free time and, and opened up space for other things, has the World Cup been something that you've consumed? Because you and I are the two meatheads here. ETP knows something about soccer. You he's and I know. He's culturally advanced. He is culturally advanced. He is, he's got, he drinks with his pinky out. He's got an eclectic group of friends. You and I are meatheads. We don't really do the whole soccer thing. But I got, man, man I've, been, I've, been, I've been in, man. I'm, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised at how excited I am about Sunday's finale. And, and I've, I've watched games. Not the entire game, but I've watched huge chunks of games. <laughs> it's been on a TV that I walked past at least three yes. times. <laughs> I've heard of it. What, what I've, seen the, I've checked the update when it came across my phone. I actually clicked on it and saw the update. You know, I just want to start off by saying that I picked Argentina to win in my pool. How many of you guys can say you did a World Cup pool? I, I did. So I think that makes me the resident expert right here because I picked Argentina. Um <laughs> I to get myself two zips. What's going on? But you know, uh, I was I wasn't surprised. I picked I picked um, Brazil to lose in the round they lost, but I had picked them to lose to Spain, so I was a little off there. But soccer is one of those things, and the thing that the, the thing that frustrates me the most about soccer is just, you know, I was saying this the other day. Uh, Messi is considered to be the best soccer player in the world and the best of all time. But if you don't know anything about soccer and you watch Argentina play you could leave the game and not know that you just watched the best player ever on the field because there's so few moments in soccer where you like they showed his assist that they that he had in the last game and he did the thing it, it kind of reminded me of when Jordan did that one where he was on the baseline he looked like he was gonna pull it out and then he reversed and dunked it except right. for he reversed and passed it but that was like one of 15 to 20 highlights Jordan had in that game right so I like soccer and I'm trying to trying to watch it more and more. But sometimes I just keep saying, like, you watch a game like that and you can watch the best. You're not going to watch the Olympics and see Jordan, the best player ever. And at the end of the game, say, who's the guy that they said was the best that ever played the sport? You're not going to say that. You're going to you can say that when you watch Argentina. You don't really realize it. he scored, but he scored on a penalty kick. I could score on a penalty kick. You're going you know? too far. You were going great. On a penalty I was kick? With you. 
you cannot score on a penalty kick. Absolutely can score on a penalty kick. That's like saying I couldn't hit a free throw. Well, maybe not me. Somebody who could shoot could hit a free throw in an NBA game. Yes, you can. It's a free throw. The penalty it's kick the, is that you realize that there's a person, a goalie there. <laughs> who has that, a very who has to guess your shot to be right. First of all, if I lumber my big behind up to kick the ball, he's going to have no idea which way I'm going because <laughs> it's going to look so bad coming up. But the bottom line is if you go in there and kick the ball as hard as you can and don't miss the goal, you have an 80% chance of scoring. Do you realize the end don't miss the goal part is a huge <laughs> The goal is kind of big, man. That goal kind of big. Yeah, <laughs> That's why people miss the goal. They drop their head like, wah, wah. Yeah, <laughs> but we're small, seeing the best can... in the world. When they miss, yes, they're disappointed. I'm So, look, I, I still owe the show a dunk, and I think that you now as owe the show you owe me, I'll never a be penalty back. kick. I got accounts receivables. <laughs> I think you owe the show a penalty kick. Yeah, like, we gotta see this penalty kick. You're, I want to a little bit. Can, which one of y'all? Which one of you guys kick? volunteers to be the goalie? Oh, high school no, goalie. You know, no, no, the terms. Goalie. The terms are not that we not defend the goal. I don't have any say in this. <laughs> You're saying you could go into the World Cup final and, and kick a penalty that. kick. Absolutely. So if we can find somebody Absolutely. to allow me to test that theory. I would be the first one to sign up and say, "Let's let's test that theory." But yes, I can kick a penalty kick. And, and and score yes in the world absolutely we're gonna we're gonna find the the high school national goal barefoot year for, for in the middle in the middle west region of the united states <laughs> middle coast and middle coast get, get it right it's the middle get coast. Some footage <laughs> i could kick it barefoot in the snow in the world, right, the world cup comes to we'll chicago <laughs> I want to see this. The World Cup is coming to America next you year. Don't think I could, yeah, you guys are serious. You don't think I could, could kick the ball into the goal? I love the fact that you're serious and you really think you can. That's the most beautiful part about this. Like, like what's the, what do you think? You think that no matter what, he's going to save it, or you think I want to miss the goal? Which one are you trying to? What's the I plan? think both. both of those things. <laughs> both, <laughs> both. Okay, both. the premise is both. That he, I'm going to kick it, miss the goal, and he's still going to get to it. Yeah, he's going to get outside the goal and still, <laughs> still like, save it. It Just was so bad. Know, and if so the goal slow. was bigger, you wouldn't have scored. <laughs> I'm offended by this. <laughs> Yo, you're, you're the one saying that you are a world-class penalty shooter. I'm just soccer. saying it's not hard. The best yeah, in the world don't have to do that. It's not hard to hey, kick a penalty kick. Hey, look, I feel so much better about my disrespect of the game right now because you have <laughs> taken it to levels that is so disrespectful. I'm not saying it's yeah. a guarantee. But I'm wrong goal. for saying that WNBA should be 3 on 3. Absolutely, bro. That's disrespectful. <laughs> I can't kick. Disrespectful. I don't make a penalty kick, man. Uh, all right, let's. let's hey, anybody out there who thinks you're a goalie, man, I challenge you. Oh, oh anybody? Well, I mean, because I don't really think that anyone in the World Cup cares what I have to say. That they're not going to let me try to prove. Hey, don't hold on. Let's stop this game. Let's bring Reggie Florim in here. He claims he can make a shot. If that happens, I'll be on the next flight to Qatar. All right, if you want to give me a chance to do that. But short of that. I challenge any of you soccer players, any of your kids, whatever. We're going to go to the park and they're going to do penalty kicks. I'm going to score. All right. Hey, man. Anybody, just let us know. You can put it in the comments. Like, comment, share. Tag a friend. Tag a friend. Tag anybody you know. It tickles you that much, huh? It tickles me. You're saying it so bold and matter of fact. I'm so skilled. I'll kick it left with it. I'm so skilled. The best part is, like, have you ever kicked a a soccer ball into a goal? Like, Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> it's been since I fifth grade. That's but, how hey. I know you lying. <laughs> I used to play soccer in, in recess. I used so to play, play soccer in recess. <laughs> and nobody can stop my shot. Y'all get off me, dude. Oh, on, man. Dude. I'm, only, I'm only giving you half a point just because oh. you're Haitian. 
that's in my blood. That is in my blood. That's why you get half a point. <laughs> and, and and look, and we did, and so, and, and not to make it turn directions and make it sad, but Pele, I think, is struggling with his own colon cancer. So, oh. uh, shout out and prayers for him. Uh, he is battling right now. That I just I did see that on the ticker. So. We do want to keep Pele in our prayers, man, because God heals. He's an enabler. So let's keep him in our prayer. Um, let's. But I also wanted to say when it comes to Qatar or the World Cup in general, right, is that you've got all of these different places. And so the final is not going to be played in the capital. The final is actually going to be played in a place called Usail. And they've dubbed it as the city of the future. And ESPN tried to do a story on, on Lucille and see what the population was and 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 the reason I bring this up here is because in sport in Ballhawk Sports Talk we deal with sports business and entertainment. The business around uh, events like the Olympics and the World Cup also leaves a lot of places in despair. And you build these cities up, and if you don't have the population there, the homelessness and the it's just it's a so we'll it's a, let's just keep Lucille in the back of our mind and let's look at what happens with that city. They they try to sort of um invest in the future when it comes to this particular city and so this is going to be a a, a a a case test in terms of how people invest in these cities the economic impact analysis of whether or not this city of the future indeed becomes a real viable city is where the finale will be played on sunday so i digress to say that uh but but again behind every smile there's a story in these cities we talk about the, the, it's going to be the center of, a, of, of the universe on sunday but the story um both now and in the future will be told based on the economics and the impact there of the world cup so uh we're wishing them good luck but it, there's always a business component to these events like the olympics and uh the world cup let's hop into what was the argument heard around the world and uh well before i do before i do i want to get into the argument heard around the world let's just say this there was a politician that is leaving his political post in order to become the ncaa president and no it's not me it is the governor like i did that although if ncaa would have called you it know is an opening man, for you as governor now we would have scheduled or governor we would have scheduled around ball hawk sports talk but i would have taken the job mark emmert will be replaced by what is now the former governor of massachusetts I uh, left his post a bit early. Uh, uh, Mara Healy was the AG is now going to be the, the, she was elected the new governor, but the outgoing governor is leaving his post a bit early to go be the president of the NCAA. Would you think, is this a good move for him? Go from politics to NCAA, which someone argues his own version of politics. Uh, yes or no, before we get into the meat and potatoes of the Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp argument, do you think that was a good move? Would you leave? political power of a governor the a governor seat of massachusetts to go be the president of ncaa which some have argued is sort of a passive prime and almost irrelevant in this episode of uh mr irrelevant uh behind every smile what do you think the story is there would you do it yes or no uh big flow show i'll start with you on this one man you're the governor of a state like massachusetts and you're gonna go be the president of the ncaa I don't know that I'd ever really want to be the governor of a state. Um, I'd much rather be the, the the president of the NCAA. The question is, did they just have a? Uh, I don't want to use the word wrong, but the governor's race this year, or yes. was it? Yeah, they, they, oh, he they, just they got voted in. He's elected. gonna leave. He's just leaving early. No, his yeah. term is ending. Yeah. He's oh, leaving. because we just had a governor race two uh, 
this year. Just yeah, they did to Massachusetts. Uh, Mara Healy. Uh, uh, oh, they have she, a term limit. Say again. Oh, his term is ended, so he left a couple months early. He's leaving early. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, come on now. He's gonna leave. He's supposed to. When, when does the governor thing flip? Was it on the January 18th? I'm like assuming January. I don't know when oh. Massachusetts does it. Ah, that's a salacious story for no reason. So he left. It's it's damn near Christmas, and he left now. Like he left being the governor. He was out anyway. But you are giving up security detail. Ah, okay. Look, if you're if you're gonna be laid off at your job in January, and a job comes up in December, are you gonna be like, I'm employed? I'm not gonna see. Come on, man. You take the job. He's looking for work. They they, y'all fired him. This story sometimes, see, clickbait. I feel so duped. So he he got fired from his job, and he took another job, and he didn't give two weeks' notice, and now we're tripping. He might not even start until January. And now we're making it seem like this is not a story at all. What's, go, what's next? What's all next? right, so we're going to the next one. <laughs> story. Do you agree? This Fair. isn't a story. <laughs> I don't. I mean, this the story. The question uh, is: Is he the right person for the job? To, I thought the job was would you get leave your job early? NCAA back on track, or do you the think new he age of what he can't even win an election, and now we want him to run the NCAA? <laughs> do you think? Do you think he's the right man for the job, ETP? Or can I don't the NCAA know. I mean, be salvaged? Can the NCAA be salvaged? Well. I I think there's got to be some way for them to salvage it. I don't, I think there's got to be some hard decisions to be made. I don't know how much longer it's going to operate as a the body that it is. I mean, especially with if college football is going to extract itself from the NCAA, what is the NCAA at that point? The biggest money maker, revenue generator of college athletics would be out of that jurisdiction. The yep. NCAA would be even less powerful at that point. So. It may be very well, you know, working towards obsolescence, but the concern or the question is for somebody in a, it's, it's, it's a very important situation to be managed right now for whatever is going to come of the NCAA, if it's going to maintain any relevance and he has no, he has governing experience, but he doesn't have experience playing or, uh, you know, or operating from a business standpoint with professional sports of any kind. He played, I think he played college basketball maybe but beyond that you know no real experience in the sports world so it's questionable right yeah i we shall see i I think that the one thing that you would hope you get from this hire is someone that has to be proactive because the ncaa was reactive when it came to the pandemic and how they were going to handle the seasons it was reactive when it came to nil and how to create some standardization for schools to adhere to. Uh, it's been reactive over and over again. It seems as though they've, they, they've been behind, they've dropped the ball, they've just sort of punted and allowed things to manifest themselves and play out the way you know it naturally plays out. And I would hope that taking someone that has been an executive chair in a state they will be a little more proactive how they address the biggest issues in college sports. I would hope we shall see. Let's get to in this, this episode of behind every smile. I've watched Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp for a long time. And I've said that you can tell that they genuinely like each other. You can tell that they have a genuine friendship, but this week it came to sort of a clash when Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp on their show are talking about the GOAT uh tom brady 
And I imagine, I didn't see the entire bit, but in that segment, at some point, Shannon Sharp must have said something negative about Tom Brady that Skip Bayless took issue with and essentially said, but he's better than you. And Shannon Sharp, they went back and forth. Shannon Sharp at one point said, I'm I'm in the effing Hall of Fame. I have three Super Bowl rings and took his glasses off. And you could tell that it wasn't scripted. You can tell that it was true uh, emotions in that exchange. And he said to Skip Bayless, that's what you always do. You take a personal shot and then even challenge him. You take a, a personal shot at me. And and the implication was me, your friend, your colleague, the person that we, you know, we, we've been doing this together. You take a shot at me uh just to defend tom brady and skip bayless doubled down he's like yeah i will i'll 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 take a shot at anybody to defend that man because he's the best that ever played your game so let's just pick it apart piece by piece quickly man uh first of all it looked authentic it looked as authentic of 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 a heated exchange as you can imagine uh was skip bayless wrong and i know that that jalen rose and skip bayless had an issue one time and jalen rose ultimately was was suspended from ESPN for pointing out that Skip Bayless was on the JV as a junior and only average one point, whatever he, he pointed out, he did research. He had receipts and aired those receipts in a timely fashion. When Skip Bayless does what Skip Bayless does, took a personal shot at Jalen. Uh, you know, Jalen decided to, here's my moment. You, he, he, he was waiting on it too, but Jalen was ultimately suspended for that. And here you fast forward, different network is Fox, but Fox Business versus ESPN. But here it is, Skip, Skip Bayless at the center of it again. Is Skip Bayless and his tactic of, of attacking somewhat personally, is he out of bounds? Or does it just make for good TV? I I don't ever want, you know, I don't want to defend or speak on behalf of skip bayless i think that's a really unique situation to be in but i will say i think the i think the statement or the premise of what he was saying basically the conversation that they were having was shannon sharp was being critical of tom brady's performance at 45 years old or 73 however old tom brady is right now and and skip bayless pointed out I thought it was more complimentary, not so much to criticize Shannon Sharp, but to say you played until you were, you were done at 35. This man's played 10 more years longer than you and is still going. And we have to recognize, I'm assuming that it like, he needs to be given some level of a pass. So I didn't look at it as a critique of Shannon Sharp's career. I actually looked at it as a perspective of, you had a great career and you were done 10 years before this. And so the reaction was a little bit different. And then in comparison to the Jalen Rose thing, Jalen Rose was just insulting and demeaning. And like, it was, it was a, it was mockery intentional where I don't think it was with, you know, talking about Shannon Sharp. It's the hard part when, you know, the new age of, former athletes that are becoming media personalities. And we can talk about it because we're talking about sports and Shannon Sharp happens to be a former athlete versus us talking about it as a, you know, there's this blurry line of what, where is media and where is, where are the athletes and personalities? So it, those conversations are always going to happen. I mean, you have ESPN, you know, Paul Pierce will talk left and right about how he's better than how he was better than LeBron. 
while being an analyst, right? Like there's these questions and conversations always come up. So I think it's it's overblown. I think Shannon Sharp got a little, I, it sounds like it was more historical, but in the moment, there was nothing about it that to me seemed like it was such a slight against Shannon Sharp. It was more to say, you had an illustrious career and this man's played that and 10 more years and we have to give him some level of uh, grace if he's not playing up to a certain level at the moment. Big flow show. I okay, so I I admittedly didn't hear the original part. I just saw the blow up, and based off of what Skip Bayless came back with, I didn't feel like his intention was complimentary, like you're saying, because I think he had every opportunity to say, "I'm not saying that this is bad about you. I'm just saying you had a great career and he played ten years longer than you." He didn't say that. He was like, "He's way better than you." He attacked him. When I saw him attack, it never made me feel. Like I need to go back and hear how it originally started because I felt like the tone was set or was explained in how he responded to Shannon. He actually was like, "Put your coat back on, sit up, like put your glasses back on, put your glasses back on." I I feel like I feel like he kind of has nerve, and this is this is the situation again. I had my statements mentally prepared before you told me that how you felt about the original, and I wish I had an opportunity to go back and watch it. But based off of how the response to Shannon's offense was if I offend you right now and you and and you show me that you're offended and I didn't mean to offend you I'm mad enough to tell you I didn't mean that I didn't mean that I think that that's the way you kind of react even if you're on air and you're doing whatever I think he had an opportunity to say it wasn't a personal attack I wasn't looking at it like that I felt like he was like f you dude like he's way better than you at what you do and the reason why I take I feel like there's nerve is that there's more and more pro athletes, retired athletes who are commentators now. The people who played the game, they were athletes. You know, the three of us played sports and, and here we are uh, commentating somewhat or, or analyzing different things. So I'm giving you my opinion of sports people who are way better than me at sports. And I think that you have to kind of take the two and separate them and say, well, what about you? Because other than, you know, other than in soccer, but every other sport, they're in better soccer. Than they're almost <laughs> as good as me. I don't think that you know as much of a difference if me and Messi were on the field. It's all I was trying to say. Are you still digging this hole? This <laughs> hole. Hey, until I get to the oh, bottom. Oh, you're just trying to clarify water. how deep the hole was. <laughs> until I hit oil or water, I'm going to keep digging. But no, so I kind of feel like it's all all analysts and, and whatever you want to call them, sports personalities, they're always given this pass. And, and throughout throughout history, there's there's been athletes that have attacked the 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 person asking the question and the person that says oh i'm just doing you know they put their hands i was just doing my job how could you possibly say anything against me and attack me in my personal life right you can't even talk to them about off you know things that they've done on the street when they attack somebody um gottlieb is is a great example he's a um what's his first name i think you're doug. doug he's your he's your year notre dame he was my class at Notre Dame. At Notre Dame. He, yes, he left. And, I, and I've heard him talk about people's behavior, but he got kicked out of Notre Dame for stealing a credit card and going to – or something, did something at, at a sporting goods store. He got kicked out of Notre Dame. But I've heard him get right on TV and talk about people's decision-making, right? And it's yep. kick gloves. No one ever says to him, well, what about you? So I just kind of find it interesting that as long as they've been doing this show together, that – he would attack someone's comparison to him when, again, he knows he averaged 1.4 points a game. So how are you going to try to say that I shouldn't be able to criticize Tom Brady? Because ultimately you're saying I shouldn't be able to criticize Tom Brady because he was better than me. 
He's better than you too, Skip. Everyone, you LeBron James is a lot better than Skip Bayless was at basketball. It never stopped him from criticizing LeBron James. So I just think it's there's nerve. Like you're not giving Shannon Sharp the respect he should get as a TV personality when you hold him to a standard that you don't hold yourself to as far as comparing yourself to somebody he's criticizing. So I, I don't think like Shannon Sharp ended up saying that. He's like, man, I was better than you. But then Shannon quickly tried to get back into the analysis uh-huh. and then put it right back in, in, in Skip's uh, lap, if you will, and said, you would take a personal shot at me to defend that man. And mm-hmm. Skip Bayless, I thought, did double down. So I'll take a personal shot at anybody to defend him because he's the best to ever played your game. But even calling it your game, Skip is admitting that you didn't even play it. But yep. I, I I definitely hear you as well, ETP. It was just interesting, and I hope that both of them um, and, and cooler heads prevail uh, because behind every smile that, that there is a story. And what I saw in that moment is behind the smiles that they have collectively and publicly shared together because they do look as though, while, yes, they debate, right? They do look as though they're genuine friends, that there must be a story. And so I appreciate your perspective on an ETP because you are helping me look at it a little differently. When I initially heard it, I thought the story behind it, that there's some there, there, there's some jealousy, some animosity, there's something there that would prohibit the, the friendship from, from reaching its uh, potential. That That's what I heard in the exchange. I was like, mm-hmm. you know, he sounded like hater Mc, McRaider when it came to that exchange with uh, Shannon Sharp. But I guess I, I just, from the, from the perspective that like, I've heard them have conversations and he, he'd be very complimentary of his career and his, you know, legacy yeah, yeah. as a player that it just seems like it might've just gotten muddied because they are, they do have such a good rapport that he can overstep, you know, that he can step over some lines that if you didn't have such a good relationship, you might not be able to be as inflammatory. So for him to say, put your glasses back on, like, yeah, it looks bad to the outside, but I think the fact that they seemingly have a good relationship, they can kind of, you know, you can argue with people that you know that you're not going to, you know, they won't slap that you. You have a better relate, yeah. That you have a better relationship with. Me. Like you're gonna argue and say things right. where if you don't really know the sense of you know how somebody's gonna react or what their sensitivities are, you might not say those things. But for Fair. it to be on a national television platform, it just raises you know it just throws it into question because you don't want to be you don't want to look derogatory to anybody that you care about, right? Let right. alone somebody that you don't know. <laughs> Well, hey, I, skip, think, I felt skip. like he's like, who you think you are, Ron O'Neill? When he's like, take your yeah. glasses, <laughs> Ron O'Neill. So I pay you when I get ready. <laughs> yeah, nah. Look, so skip was very, very comfortable <laughs> in that moment. Man, put your glasses back on before I get forget to get to stepping in here. Yeah, uh, hey, don't make me raise up. Don't make me raise up. Gonna be trouble. Hey, Shannon Sharp, oh. big man. Skip Bayless. Hey, I know Skip Bayless been working out with them little tens and fifteens, but it's Skip, hey, Shannon Sharp, a big man. Uh, we were gonna get to some MLB. We'll leave it here for now. Uh, Aaron Judge uh, with the three hundred sixty million dollar over nine years and some other big contract. We're gonna talk about some of that behind every smile of the story, but we'll save that for next time, man. We have gone strong. We have gone long. Let's let this be where we uh, part ways for this particular Friday. Uh, like we ask you every week, humbly, it won't cost you anything. And to the people that have challenged Dion and said, man, you had an obligation. You had to do more for our people. I'll put it right back in your lap. Because it costs you nothing 
to like, comment, share, tag a friend, tag a foe. Uh, I'm maybe not as confident at the Big Flow Show with his soccer skills, uh, but but just below that level of confidence would I make this statement. The content that we are providing to you, the analysis that we are doing on a weekly basis is good stuff. It costs you nothing to like, comment, share, tag a friend, tag a foe, tag anybody that you know. If we are going to challenge people like Prime, Coach Prime, to support our own and and he he had an obligation. How dare we not do it for the people within our own contact list, within our own wheelhouse, our own friends, our own neighbors. So I'm challenging you all to help us get this show out to more people. And because behind every smile, there's a story. This episode behind every smile has been great. The stories will last on. We started at the beginning talking about DJ Twitch, and I will end there because, uh, like I said, my man Mike Jones, his father passed this week, and he was a reverend and a great man, so I want to pay uh, respects to him and his family. But the exchange that I had with those brothers that we call the firm, we talked about our, 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 our mental health and the need to get therapy. If you are someone that when you hear those words, something is triggered inside you, I encourage you, and I absolutely support that you go get therapy. Uh, get the help that you need because the people that you leave behind will be saddened by your departure, even if we ain't got enough sense to tell you that while you're alive. We tell you that from the Ballhawk Sports Talk. We're giving you a rose while you can still smell them. We love that you are in our audience. We love that you are within our, our reach. Um, but behind every smile, there's a story. Uh, so if your story is one that you need help, make sure you get that. And with that, we ask you to like, comment, share, tag a friend, tag a foe, tag anybody that you know, and please subscribe to both the podcast and to the YouTube channel. It's been another amazing week of Ball Hawk Sports Talk, where sports, business, and entertainment collide. We do it one way and one way only, rough, rugged, and raw. The whole crew is in the building from the Middle Coast, as it's now being called, the Big Flow Show. From the East Coast, we are ETPLs, the producer. And I'm your boy, B. Brown, ESQ, a.k.a. the Ball Hawk, a.k.a. the Mother South, a.k.a. Mr. Excessive Celebration, a.k.a. Breezy. That is our show for the week. We appreciate your support. Support us even more because with that, we is out. Peace.